0: Hey friends, welcome back to The Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast and I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. Today we are returning to our walk through the New Testament book of Romans and looking at how Easter changes us. The fact of the resurrection brings us into a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ It brings us into the church and gives us relationships with other Christian believers. And it impacts our ethics, how we live out our lives with the people and the situations around us every day. While some of these principles may seem like common sense, they are not so for everybody. They are important for us to reflect on in how we think about how God wants us to live our lives. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on how Easter changes us. It's hard to imagine what happened in our banking industry about 10 years ago. From mid 2011 to mid 2016, employees at the Wells Fargo Bank opened three and a half million fake bank accounts. Some customers noticed the deception when they were charged unexpected fees, received credit and debit cards in the mail they had not requested, or started hearing from debt collectors about accounts they did not recognize. But most of the sham accounts went unnoticed as employees would routinely close them shortly after opening them. Ultimately, 5,300 Wells Fargo employees were fired as a result of their involvements in these deceptive practices. CEO John Stumpf told Congress that these practices went against everything regarding their core principles, their ethics, and their culture. In a press statement, the company said that the vast majority of their team members do the right thing every day on behalf of their customers. In other words, Wells Fargo wanted people to believe that the offenders were just a few bad apples. But this wasn't just a small handful of people. This was the result of thousands of people acting over the course of years. It was a systemic ethical failure. Ethical fading is a condition in a culture that allows people to act in unethical ways in order to advance their own interests, often at the expense of others while falsely believing that they have not compromised their moral principles. Wells Fargo employees were pushed to sell 8 to 20 different products every day and were berated by their managers when they didn't. One employee was told if she didn't meet her goals, she would bring down the whole team and she would be fired. She told her bosses there was no ethical way she could meet their expectations and called the bank's ethical hotline multiple times to say so. But instead of responding to her concerns, Wells Fargo fired her. Instead of realizing their expectations were unrealistic, they expected employees to do whatever it took to meet them. A review later concluded that unethical behavior had been identified and that employees were given incentives to cheat based on the fear of losing their jobs. Problems had been identified 10 years earlier, but management did nothing about them. By 2010, 700 whistleblower complaints had been received. At the same time, the bank was also misrepresenting the quality of loans they sold. In 2018, the bank was fined over $2 billion to settle the issue. The auto division also agreed to repay $80 million back to customers for selling them auto insurance they didn't sign up for and they were fined another $185 million for opening up fake bank accounts. None of the company's leaders were held criminally liable. The CEO only lost his job because of public pressure, but he did walk away with over $135 million in pension and stocks. It should go without saying that Wells Fargo's actions run counter to how the Bible calls us to live. There are certain standards of ethics that we are called to live by, which are made possible by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When Paul gets to Romans 12, he talks about how Easter changes us. He talks about three things. How Easter changes your relationship with God. How Easter brings you into the body of Christ. And how Easter changes how you live. First of all, he talks about how Easter changes your relationship with God. Romans 12, 1-3 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Because Christ sacrificed his body for us on the cross on Good Friday, Paul calls us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. It's common in our culture today to hear people say, my body, my choice. This is not what the Bible teaches. As Christians, we are called to offer our bodies to God, realizing that God has given us our bodies in the first place, And we are called to use them for his glory in the ways he wants us to use them. As we think about the ethical failure that happened at Wells Fargo, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. J.B. Phillips' translation of this passage says, Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, but let God remold you from within. People sometimes feel pressured to conform to unethical and unhealthy ways of living. But Easter brings us into a relationship with God where we now have the power to resist the pressures of the world. Our challenge is to resist the lure of the world. We're surrounded by the world's messages every day, which can unconsciously mold us into its selfish way of thinking. When you are surrounded by a large number of people in an organization who are acting unethically, it's hard to go against the grain and swim upstream against the crowd. The pressure to do the wrong thing can be great. The good news of Easter is that Christ brings us into a relationship with God where the Holy Spirit can renew our minds, give us clarity about what is right and wrong, and how God wants us to treat others. And when we do this, Paul says that we will be able to know what God's good, perfect, and pleasing will is for our lives. Secondly, Paul says that the difference Easter makes is that it brings you into the body of Christ. Romans 12, 4-8 For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Do it cheerfully. The church is the body of Christ. And as Christ laid down his body for us, and we are called to offer our bodies back to God, the Holy Spirit brings us into the body of Christ. And just as we don't want the world to squeeze us into its mold, there is not just one way to serve God through his church. Paul says there are many different spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit hands out. Everybody who is a Christian has a spiritual gift from God. You have a gift from God, and you may have multiple gifts from God. <clears throat> we all have different gifts. We have different personalities, different interests, different styles, There are multiple different ways of serving God. And God blends them all together in a way that builds up his church. Some people prophesy. Some people serve. Some teach. Some encourage. Some give generously. And some lead. In the body, there is both unity and diversity. Some of us are arms. Some are legs some are hands and some are feet. God has designed all of us differently to provide different functions in the church. But we all blend together to accomplish God's good, perfect, and pleasing will. Then thirdly, Paul says that Easter changes how you live. Romans 12:9 to 21 says love must be sincere. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is a list of ethics that would have provided a good training seminar for the people at Wells Fargo. Paul calls us to hate what is evil, cling to what is good. The word cling makes you think of someone who is hanging on the side of a cliff for dear life, so they don't fall to their death. We need to cling on to everything that is good so that we don't lose it and become disconnected from it. The Bible tells us in James 1.17 that every good and perfect gift comes down to us from God above. We are to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Typically, we can't rush our way through our afflictions. It takes time to move through them before difficulties get resolved. But we learn to be patient when we are faithful in prayer and hang on to the hope God gives us. We are to practice hospitality to open up our homes to guests, and to make people feel welcome and at ease in our church home. We are to serve others rather than demanding that they serve us. Easter changes how we live because God calls us to do things we wouldn't normally do and things that don't come naturally. He calls us to bless those who persecute us to not repay anyone evil for evil, to live at peace with everyone, and not take revenge but leave that to God. These are things that don't come naturally. They're countercultural. The world believes in getting even. The world believes in payback. When people hurt us, we want to hurt them back. The Greek philosopher Aristotle believed that it was more noble to take vengeance on your enemies than to come to terms with them. He thought retaliation was just and that you should not allow yourself to be hurt. But Jesus' actions on the cross were the exact opposite. He did not retaliate against the people who hurt him. He left that to the vengeance of God. That's not how most people in the world think. That's not how many people are raised. But again, Paul says, do not be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. The world can be very selfish and uncaring, But here, Paul says that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn. We are to be a compassionate people. Visit people who are in the hospital. Visit those in prison. Take time to comfort those who are crying. Sit with people who are discouraged. Go to funerals. Call people on the phone and ask them how they are doing. In a world that seems to run from one thing to another, there is a ministry of presence that we can give to people by simply slowing down and being with them in their time of need. Paul calls us not to be proud and not to be conceited, but to associate with people who are in low positions. This runs counter to how our world thinks. Many people in the world want to associate with those in high positions. They want to avoid being seen with certain people. Pharisees used to criticize Jesus for hanging out with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners. He was associating with people in low positions, and it didn't bother him to be seen with them. He actually wanted to be seen with them. He was making a point. These are the people he wants us to be with, too. Revenge must have been a big problem in Paul's day because he really hammers home his point in this passage. He wraps up this section by saying, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink in doing this you will heap burning coals on his head do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good again this is a countercultural way of living that's only made possible because of easter we are to treat people differently than the world does we are to treat people better than they deserve When we return hatred with love and anger with compassion, the world is surprised. It's not what people expect. Even some Christians are more comfortable living by an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth than feeding your hungry enemies and giving them something to drink. They may not show it outwardly to you, but inwardly your undeserved kindness will burn within them because they can't get under your skin and make you embarrass yourself when they are trying to make you look bad. Everything that Paul writes about here is humanly impossible. Left to our own abilities, we would not be able to do these things. It's easy for us to look back on ethical scandals like what happened at the Wells Fargo Bank and shake our heads at how badly they acted, how many innocent people were hurt, and how long it went on. But that's how sin works. And if you are in it in the moment, there is pressure to go along, to not rock the boat, to not speak up. But Easter changes all of that. When you have a personal relationship with the risen Christ, he brings you into a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Now you don't have to be conformed to the world. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you can understand God's pure, perfect, and pleasing will for your life. Also, Easter brings you into a relationship with the church where we are not all the same. All of you have at least one spiritual gift, and maybe more. And we all have different gifts in order to build up the church and make it better and stronger. And Easter changes how we live, how we treat people and the ethics we live by. It's these simple, quiet, daily actions that make our world a better place to live. You can make a real difference in the world by quietly doing the right thing every day, in every moment, in every opportunity. God works through us to bring love and compassion and truth to those who need it. And that's the difference that Easter makes in our lives and in the world. God bless, stay safe, see you soon.